Hey, what's up, ladies and gentlemen, losers? Welcome back to the Million Ex Girlfriends podcast, the internet's trashiest podcast. Uh, if you are here, if you landed on this, what decisions have you made in life that have led you to this terrible point that you don't want to be at? <laughs> but uh, yeah, it is episode number 41. I am your host, Juan Sanchez, a.k.a. Senor Sleaze. And today I'm going to talk about some things. So let me just get right into that. So I just moved in to a place recently with a friend of mine. And yeah, that shit's dope. I have never really lived away from my parents for a considerable amount of time. There were a couple of brief stretches here and there where I didn't live with them for like, you know, a couple of months. But. Uh, that that's really it for for the most part i lived with them for a decade longer than i should have and i needed to get away from it after a while i needed to get away from uh like my family and stuff for like the obvious reasons like you can't really grow as a person or as an individual if you're still surrounded by your family cuz family no matter how much they think they're interested in helping, are always going to hold you back somehow. F- family's very good at doing that. Um, there was an episode of BoJack Horseman in the first season where she's upset. She's like, oh, I just want to make my family proud. I want my family to be proud of me. Is that dumb? And BoJack goes, yeah, it is. Because, like, Diane's family are all just a bunch of idiots. But then I think... At some point, Bojack says, family's a sinkhole, and you were right to get out when you did. Like, she was right to move away from them and, like, never return. And I honestly believe that. I get that part of, I get that part of the point of the show, Bojack Horseman, is that, like, ultimately he's not right about that because... Like, towards the end of the show, Todd tries to reconnect with his mom, and he says it's not going great, but, like, she tries, at least. Um, so, so I understand that, you know, that early season point is supposed to be... Like, it, it... Regardless of how the arcs... Regardless of how the story arcs, regardless of how the character arcs and the themes and the messaging plays out throughout the rest of the show, I do truly believe that family is a sinkhole um i i love my parents and i appreciate everything that they did for me and i know that they were trying to be supportive in their own way but at the same time they're still imperfect terrible awful human beings who were terrible and awful you know to their kids because of it and while while i can while I don't hold that against them, while I understand and empathize, it's like, I don't know. It's it's one of those things of, of like, there's, there's still hurt there. There's still pain there. There's still a feeling. There's still a sense of something that can't be gotten rid of there's a sense of emptiness that will never be fulfilled there my parents are who they are they're you know 
my dad's only 52 my mom's 49 so there's still time and you know i have hope that they can grow and change as people but it's probably not gonna happen i mean generation x are like a pretty fucking useless stubborn generation and uh you know i don't really have high hopes for them like you guys gave us kurt cobain and green day like i i I appreciate it but like just take everything else and fuck off in fact take kurt cobain and fuck off too um man i have a big problem with the fact that like when i look back at it now like kurt cobain died at the age of 27 kurt cobain died at the age of 27 i'm 28 now and i still feel like a kid this guy died at a young age from a fucking drug overdose and he gets looked at as a god because he died young and people took a lot of nice pictures of him before he died. I remember seeing or reading an interview with Dave Grohl where somebody asked him about the meaning of some Nirvana lyrics and he said, look, it's really hard for me to ascribe any kind of meaning to these songs when I would literally watch Kurt scribble these lyrics out five minutes before going and screaming them into a microphone. So, yeah, that's not me, like... Hey, I'm not saying we should, like... I know I just said, like, take Kurt Cobain and fuck off, and I, I want to retract that because I don't actually mean that. I do like Kurt Cobain's musicianship, and I do like some of... Uh, you know, I do like quite a bit of Nirvana stuff. I even really like their first album, Bleach, I think it was called. But, I don't know, just like the, the woe is me, the self-important sadness, it's just so reflective of a period, of that period of time. Like, Generation X had a legitimate reason to feel displaced and useless, because they were displaced and useless. But because those songs and those messages and that iconography, fuck, has stuck around for so long, multiple, all the following generations have have adopted that. Millennials adopted that shit, and now fucking uh, uh, the generation after millennials, Generation uh, Z, you know, uh, um, 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 Zoomers, they're adopting that, like, disaffected, uh, uh, despondent, sad, kind of like, woe is me type of thing, and it's just like, it, it's like, encouraging that teenage emo thing that like encouraging the sadness that we all go through as teenagers encouraging us to carry that forward into our adult lives for some reason and it's really fucking stupid i i am a fan of art and culture that has multiple components to it visual uh writing uh, multimedia video stuff like that pictures uh music you know but um i feel like an image can be taken too far i feel like when i was younger i used to think of like a lot of bands and stuff or musicians or artists as being representative of a lifestyle uh, or some kind of rebellion or or anti-authoritarianism or something you know fighting the system man but the problem is it's all part 
of that same system. Everybody eventually ends up making a collaboration meal with fucking McDonald's or everybody ends up doing a commercial for a car insurance company or or they end up fucking uh, doing a cover of the Spider-Man theme song that while fucking kick ass just kind of shows you where their hearts actually lie and I, I just referenced a very few specific acts there, but there are so many, many, many others that I could talk about too. Like, just just the idea of like art, and and um, I don't know. We we kind of conflate art with attention, and it's a bit ridiculous to me because like if you really care about creating something, then you don't care about the attention. Obviously, movies are made to have to get audiences. They're not made to not be seen. However, there are movies like Hereditary, which were not made to be big, famous, popular movies. The fact that Hereditary got popular was kind of a fluke, honestly. Like, I really liked Hereditary. It's a good movie. But it's just not the kind of movie that sells tickets so there is still some artistic merit to it but there's also still a studio behind it and everything whereas a movie like avengers is specifically designed to get uh, uh asses into the seats of the theaters and now obviously all that's a, a little bit different now what with the pandemic and everything but we 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 as a species as a culture and as a society have sort of reinterpreted we redefined what the phrase art means and we found a way to let it get co-opted by capitalism get get co-opted by the system um it almost seems to me like the best way to make art would just be to be postmodern about it like just barely even try put in the smallest amount of effort and then don't even ascribe any deep meaning to it just put it in front of people and let them make their own meaning there's a great uh in like the 1900s or something i can't remember the early half of the 1900s i think it was might have been the late half of the 1800s or it might have even been like then the, from, from like 1950s to 1970s at some point there was an art gallery that was doing this thing. It might have been a French art gallery. I could be wrong. I'm, I'm barely remembering this stuff. But there was an art gallery that had a, a an event. It was like, oh, if you pay this amount of money, you can put your art in our gallery, whatever it is. No questions asked. All you got to do is you just got to pay an entry fee. So some guy, some genius, paid the fee, took a urinal, Flipped it upside down, and that was it. He didn't do anything. He didn't paint it. He didn't just break it. He didn't add or do anything to it. He literally just placed a urinal upside down on the display, and then people stood around just stroking their chins, just going, hmm, yes, I under, I think I get it. Squinting their eyes, furrowing their brows, you know, pooching up their lips, and just being like, hmm, yes. It's a commentary on 
It's a commentary on the utilitarian use of facilities in our modern society. You see, while we aspire to higher states of being and acceptance where we can have philosophical discussions and, and make art and, and break through the limitations of our own mortality, we still need to, in some backwards way, uh, 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 acknowledge and and be in touch with our primitive primal uh, uh, animalistic instincts hey greg it's literally just a fucking urinal dude it's a fucking urinal but that's that's what i love about quote-unquote art and all that shit is that you can make something so deep and, and and important out of something that just isn't that just fucking isn't i'm literally looking at a uh, my roommate left a cigarette on the coffee table in the living room i'm looking at it right now and it's just sitting next to a globe and i'm like boom baby fucking art right there but uh so i i guess i guess the next question would be continuing in the vein of what I was saying earlier about BoJack Horseman and reflecting on the themes of that show because I have been watching it I have been re-watching it recently life this is my question life in fact I'm going to I'm going to write out the statement as I say it life colon is there any deeper meaning or do we just distract ourselves with meaningless nonsense until we die what is it that we're doing here? I really don't think there's any meaning to life. I think everything's kind of random and just nonsense. And I think humans or life or whatever ended up here by accident. How did life come to exist on Earth? Did the aliens bring it here? Uh, how did technology come to be? Uh, I think there's a very simple explanation to the universe that while lacking complexity is also incredibly descriptive. And that is that that's just how shit be, man. Like there really is there really is no deeper answer than that in my opinion. I can't look at the random nonsense. I can't look at the math. I can't look at the noise. I can't look at the data and think to myself, oh, yeah, this has meaning. This has an end goal. This has some kind of point in mind. Evolution is not moving towards anything. Evolution is just moving away from what once was. So I still think there's a potential for humans to evolve somehow. It takes 10,000 10, generations for evo for to make for there to be some kind of evolutionary change for all we know all life came from the ocean for all we know humans might have to fucking regrow their gills over the next 10,000 generations who the fuck knows i don't the fuck know just like i don't really know whether or not life is meaningless but i can presume that it is because again it just you just watch some of the bullshit that happens and you think to yourself, well, this this couldn't happen in a universe that really had 
some kind of grand design in mind. There is no grand design. It's all a bunch of nonsense. Like I was saying, I'm looking at this globe right now, and, you know, countries and borders and stuff, they have, like, I guess, somewhat pleasing-looking, you know, lines that separate uh, territories from each other. But at the end of the day, it is all kind of random and based around, like, you know, uh, uh, based around how the terrain is designed based around the shapes of land masses and such and the location of water humans don't really get a choice in that part of it i'm really starting to ramble now i'm really starting to like take it too far but nah i just don't think there's a point to life i, I can't the idea that life might have some kind of meaning or grand design actually gives me more anxiety than just accepting that it's probably meaningless. Again, referencing BoJack Horseman, like we're, life is just a game of hungry, hungry hippos, and we're all just kind of stuck in the middle of it. <coughs> oh fuck yeah <coughs> mm. that was a fucking good bong rip sounded like I was getting sucked off that's a tiny meat gang reference I had to do that <coughs> I love those guys they're funny I wish I was funny like that maybe if I brought another host onto the show Maybe if I actually brought guests on, I could actually be entertaining instead of just delivering these uh, 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 quasi-nihilistic, um, uh, absurdist rants about uh, how life just be shitty, dog. And again, that comes from a... I, I want to acknowledge right now that that does come from a place of privilege because I'm able to work a job and pay bills anything else i'm pretty much insulated from i wouldn't say i'm insulated but you know because a job and paying bills and stuff like that insulates you from the sort of uh harsh realities of what happens to lesser fortunate people yeah i'm able to i'm able to with privilege acknowledge that i could have it a lot worse but I'm already so, like, despondent about the whole situation of just being in the first place that at this point, I wouldn't say I'd be nonplussed. Like, if I got kicked out of here for some reason and I had to scramble to figure something out, like, yeah, it would be stressful. But at the same time, I would also just be like, oh, well, that's just the game. And that's the way it goes. And that's how it goes. And I don't know. Maybe it's just to me. Maybe because I have anxiety, but it almost seems like it's easier for me to deal with the situation if I handle it like that. If I look at things and instead of saying, oh, why me? Why is it always me, man? If I can just look at the situation and go, ah, well, fucking shit, man. What are you going to do? That's how I feel about my fucking website.
I created a website recently through Squarespace, try to create a website for all this million ex-girlfriends, you know, multimedia stuff, and uh, it's garbage. I just don't know if I chose like the wrong formatting on Squarespace or something, if I chose like the wrong template style, or um, if my content's just not interesting, or if I have, I have literally no idea how like, I don't have to know how web design works because Squarespace takes care of a lot of that, but also like, I don't know how to format or visualize a website. What the fuck do I put on my website? What, what is it even that I do over here at Million X Girlfriends? I know I've had this conversation before. I know I've talked about this before, but can somebody fucking tell me what the fuck it is I do? Cause I don't even know what I do. I've literally had people say to me, I've literally in, in my real life, my friends have been like, yeah, so is that what you're doing? And I'm like, oh, I don't know. Hey, you doing movies? I don't know. You doing photography? I don't know. You doing music? I don't know. Uh, what is Million X Girlfriends? I don't know. <laughs> it's just three words I fucking rammed together when I was 23 years old. <laughs> oh, yeah, baby. <coughs> oh, God. I'm going to leave all that coughing in. Because fuck it. <coughs> Million ex-girlfriends. If I put in effort, and it it just would it wouldn't be me, you know. <laughs> I was worried about having like a good video component to this episode, but then I was like, nah, I just don't want to record anything, man. <coughs> that sounds like a lot of work. Then I'd have to edit it. And like with, with this, if I wanna make a if I wanna make a video component, all I have to literally do is just overlay the audio track. Take that, put it in Premiere, put up a picture or something, maybe make a slideshow of pictures. I don't know. Boom, bop, snap, pap, whap, bow. There's the fucking video version of the podcast. Ugh. <coughs> so yeah like I said earlier I watched the movie Hereditary recently I uh, really enjoyed that I only watched it one time so far I kind of want to watch it again it's like um it reminded me of The Witch kind of in that some supernatural shit is happening to this family and does everyone in one by one until there's one member of the family left um, the only difference is Hereditary is about a two hour long movie and The Witch is a 90 minute movie and there were just a couple of moments in Hereditary where despite the fact that I felt like it, it, it was a very tight well paced movie there were a couple of moments where I felt like okay this is going on a bit long and not even like suspenseful 
like, oh, oh, it's going on so long. It's like, okay, this is just, can we get to the next thing? Can we fucking edit? Just poof, cut that fucking piece out. I get what you're trying to do. Just yeah, take that. There's like little bits where like, you know, maybe a character walks for like a second too long or something like that. I, I, I don't know. Just there were a couple of like minor things where like maybe they could have cut it down from two hours to like, I don't know, 150 and still had like a relatively tight, well-paced movie. But then again, I'm not a filmmaker. I'm just a fucking dude. I'm just a dude who goes on the internet way too much and thinks he knows about film theory when really he's just a fucking 28-year-old slacker who needs to stop watching so much fucking, uh, you know, shit. It actually, uh, yeah, I don't know, develop, develop a life, develop a skill, develop a talent. Speaking of people who need to, speaking of slackers who need to develop skills and talent, I watched the Jay and Silent Bob reboot recently. I'm a big fan of Kevin Smith. I always have been since I was about 17 or 18 years old. Watched, I've seen all of the View Askew movies. Um, The only one, I've only seen Dogma like once or twice. Um, it's a very hard movie to track down. It's not available on digital. Might have to try and track down a Blu-ray copy of it. But that being said, I have enjoyed pretty much all of Kevin Smith's movies. I think I've watched pretty much all of them. Yep. Yep. Jersey Girl. Tusk. Oh, I haven't. I only watched Zack and Miri make a porno once. Yep. I own that movie. But I only watched it once. And come to think of it, I don't even think I watched it all the way through. But yeah, I even saw I even saw Red State. I just watched Yoga Hosers. I haven't seen I know he's directed episodes of like TV shows, like superhero TV shows, like Supergirl and shit. Um I couldn't make it through the first season of Supergirl. It's like I actually liked it. The problem is it's just like Network TV has way too many episodes of TV per season. It's like 24 episodes. 24 episodes of 45 minutes per episode. It just gets so repetitive so quickly. It's like, that's fine, but like, chop it down to like 13 or 14 episodes. Find a way to... I don't know. It it just got too much for me. Anyway, that being said, back to Jay and Silent Bob reboot. Digression! I, uh, this is a very smart movie. I think Kevin Smith is a very smart writer, and I think he is a relatively funny guy. Um, there, there was, there was quite a bit of humor, which was very slick. Like, uh, Kevin Smith's humor has never been the most complex, and there's still a lot of potty mouth type humor in this movie. A lot of shit talking, a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of, like, poop fart weed jokes and stuff like that, sex jokes, but there's also surprisingly quite a bit of emotional core to the movie, not just, and not just from nostalgia, um, don't get me wrong, the movie works the nostalgia angle and actually simultaneously embraces it while making fun of it at the same time, and it, 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 works this emotional angle from this paternal relationship that 
uh, 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 revolves around the center of the movie, I guess, because the center of the movie is Jay and Silent Bob, but then there's a paternal relationship that revolves around that, that ends up becoming the emotional core of the movie, and it's very sweet. It's very sweet, and I wasn't expecting it from a fucking Kevin Smith movie. 